Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing out there in the land of crowdfunding? Now, a lot of people ask me, where is this uh, supposed land of crowdfunding? Well, it's a magical forest um, with dewy gumdrops, and it rains cotton candy, so it's a beautiful place. Maybe I should say the clouds are made out of cotton candy. That doesn't really make as much sense. So hopefully everybody is having a great week. We are currently in the middle of the week here, and who is coming up on today's episode? Great question. Uh, Great question from the audience. Uh, Guys, I want to keep our questions to a minimum, but who is coming up? Well, let's see here. Uh, We are going to be talking to Stephanie from the company Little Hippo, and she has an all-in-one clock to keep your kid in bed longer called Mella, M-E-L-L-A. And great conversation. Um, yeah, Stephanie uh, quit her job um, as a lawyer to jump into the entrepreneur world and to create a startup. And boom, popped up on Kickstarter a few months later with a, you know, raising under 40 grand uh, with 15 days to go, 671 backers. That's a pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good, I have to say. So let's get right into it. So you may hear um, the rumbling behind me. Let's just maybe I hear. Hold on. You hear that? You hear that? Yeah, I turned the mic way up. Um, my house is under construction here, um, so and I'm annoyed about it. So, as some of you might know, we're renters in a very small little house here in Farmington. We've been here almost five years. This will be year six, um, and we want to buy the house and put an addition on. That's that's the big goal here, right? That's what we're trying to do. So my landlord had this idea of redoing our deck and sidewalk thingy. Um, that's, that is, in, I mean, it's not in great shape. There's no doubt about it. And, well, he has chosen to do that, and I had no idea it was happening this week. So there's six guys outside right now um, tearing apart my uh, driveway. And the other nice thing is on Friday, we've got our um, Wednesday, one Wednesday away movie night scheduled. So I've got about 60 to 75 people come to the house to watch a movie in my garage. And currently my um, driveway has a gigantic um, front loader, a gigantic pile of dirt like and rock, like, you know. So I got chaos going on outside, so it's going to be a chaotic day of noise. So I'm going to hide probably in my living room all day with the laptop on my lap and just power out, power out, head down, knocking out websites and stuff like that today. But whew, a lot of chaos outside right now, a lot of chaos. Um, but what's annoying about this as well is, you know, our idea is to buy this house and put an addition on and either go up or, you know, make it suitable for a family of four to live in, not maybe, uh, two people. And, you know, the fact that this is happening and they're putting this money in, you know, our goal would be to tear it all up in like 18 months, 24 months anyways, but whatever, uh, which will just make the house probably more expensive. So it's a really great scenario and it just comes down to communication. Um, like always, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know what's going on. So it's, pro- you know what? It's my bad. I'm, I'm bad at communicating, I guess. I don't know. So, 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 so. How is everybody really doing? Hmm? Uh, well, we have, uh, let's go through a few other things. We had baseball season ended, so that's nice. Uh, we had a great two-hour marathon last Friday 
um, where we had two innings of kid pitch, which that just meant 16 walks um, is what happens, basically. And then after you get four runs, the, win, the, the, the inning's over. So you can imagine for a bunch of six through six and seven year olds, that was exciting to just, you know, just to watch walks is just an exciting part of the baseball game, right? What you want to have happen is you want to have a lot of pitches over somebody's head or a lot of pitches, you know, unhittable. And, you know, so that happened. And I'm not blaming the pitchers whatsoever. These are six year olds. They can't throw the ball 40 feet in the windup. They're just, they can't do it. So that's nice that that ended. Uh, So what else is coming up? Well, man, we're, we're powering into the holidays, right? Uh, powering in, powering in, and um, man, what is everybody doing? I particularly am kind of looking forward to the December holiday because it really slows down here around Woodshed. There's not much to do, um, especially after I kind of build out everything. It just kind of runs automatically because we tend to not try to launch campaigns around the holidays. Just you know, you're competing with a lot of noise out there. You know, a lot of noise, and. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's that much fun, right? So, you know, so, so yeah, maybe for myself, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll try to get away. Not going to happen, but maybe I'll try, you know? But, man, we're right in the middle of it, man. School is in full tilt. Got parent-teacher conferences tonight. Holy cow, I got to get in there and break it down. What's Atticus doing right and wrong, man? Is he, is he trending towards being... A great student. You know, we're going to break all that down on a six-year-old tonight. So I got that going for me, which is always nice. But, man, just, you know, we're right in the middle of it, right? Right in the middle of it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I know. So, if you guys can do me some favors, right, before we get in the interview. Number one, if you like the podcast, what do you guys got to do? Leave a review. Thank you very much out there, guys. Yes, leave a review on the on the old iTunes store. That helps out big time. If you don't want to do that, that's just too much for you. Tell a friend, right? Just maybe right now you're driving in your car or you're sitting at your work computer and you're like, boy, this guy, I like this epi- I like this this podcast. I like what I'm listening to. You know what I mean? Literally stand up, maybe go to that coworker next to you, or um, you know, if, if you're in a car, park, get your phone out, call somebody and say, guys, I'm really enjoying this episode right now. I think you guys would be into it as well. So go listen to, you know, tell a friend basically, right? However you have to do it. Maybe you're at, like if you're at a cubicle, stand up and, and just say, guys, you got to listen to episode 113. They're talking to Mella. Stephanie's her name from the company Little Hippo. Or... Go to the actual Kickstarter campaign right now for, that we're talking about right now and, and get this because this is one of those products, by, mind you, I was excited to talk to Stephanie because this is one of those products where literally the night uh, before I interviewed her, you know, I have the kids not sleeping or getting up at like six in the morning. And we've talked about that. We, I've documented that on this podcast, right? Many times. These kids, man, they don't want to sleep, man. They don't want to sleep. So here, let's construction alert. Yeah. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that? Yeah, it's like a constant earthquake. So that's going to be nice. Hopefully, yeah. It's like some gigantic thing, like just pounding the rock. You know what I mean? Pounding the rock. Pounding the rock. That's what's going on over there. Good football analogy. You guys like that? Yeah, I'm all about pounding the rock. Maybe I'll pound the rock a little bit today. I don't know. You know, it's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Maybe I'll pound the rock all day. I don't know. 
All right, I know, I know, I know. Maybe I should have had a, if kids are listening, we don't want them running around pounding the rock, right? All right, that's enough, that's enough. I went on off track there. All right, let's bring it back. Remember what I was saying? Go tell a friend, leave a review, and uh, all right, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. I, I could rant, I could rant longer, but there's no reason for me to get into the insides of what's going on over here at One Wednesday Away anymore. I think you guys get it. It's chaos. All right, let's kick into my conversation with Stephanie from the company Little Hippo and her uh, smart kitty alarm clock, Mela, uh, and let's let's try to keep those kids in bed a little bit longer. I think that's... Oh, did you hear that one? That was like a big one. They just shut some gigantic machine off. <laughs> it's chaos. It's just chaos. All right. Here's my conversation with Stephanie. Stephanie, I have hit the record button, so now you're probably really nervous because, you know, that's red light syndrome, I think is what it's called, but hopefully... Uh, oh, I wish you didn't tell me that. Uh, I almost didn't even realize that that was happening. I thought <laughs> we were recording already anyway. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's now. Now the pressure's on. You start sweating. And yeah. Well, let's start with a, uh, with a simple sound check. So uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I have not eaten anything yet. What? That's like sacrilegious. <laughs> you can't do that. I know. I've been so busy. I keep losing track of time. Okay. So, so uh, and, and now that's intriguing because I think what we're going to be talking about is something that helps with time, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. I have been using it to get up earlier um, because, I mean, usually I, I get up pretty late because, you know, working for myself, I can kind of get up whenever I want. Um, but with the Kickstarter campaign running, I figure I should probably force myself to get up a little earlier. So <laughs> Okay, gotcha. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're all sounding good here. So why don't we go ahead and jump right in uh, uh, to the interview portion here. So uh, why don't you tell my listeners what you are currently raising money for on Kickstarter? Yeah, so we are currently raising money for a children's alarm clock and sleep trainer. It's an all-in-one kids clock that includes basically an alarm clock, a white noise machine, a sleep trainer, of course, night light, uh, and a nap timer all rolled into one. So it seems like that's, there's a lot of products out there. I mean, so what, what's, why is yours different? Why is yours special? Um, you know, yeah, yeah so what's the, going on with this it? is a question that we get asked a lot. Like, you know, why did you make this product when there are already a bunch of sleep trainers out there? Um, some of them pretty well known. Um, and basically the backstory is that a couple of years ago, um, I don't have any children personally, but I have two nieces and I'm pretty close with my brother-in-law and my sister who do have nieces. And he was complaining about his, uh, sleep trainer that he was using and how, you know, he thought it was horrible, basically, in terms of, you know, the functionality, the, that it broke really easily, that it was really ugly to look at, and just that there was nothing better on the market. So we said, well, you know, that's kind of interesting. There really aren't that many kid products out there that look good. Um, they're very plasticky, very cheap, you know, very Fisher Price looking, um, you know, and, you know, a lot of parents, they don't want to spend a lot of money on these things, I understand, um, you know, when the kids are just going to grow out of them. So we thought, well, there has to be a market for people who want something that looks good um, and can last a long time. So that's kind of where we're filling the niche there. That's cool. So maybe you can, um, you know, since we're on a podcast, we got no video here. Maybe you can describe a little bit how this looks because it's a very sleek and, um, you know, very very cute <laughs> little clock thing. So how, how do you usually describe it? Yeah, so it looked kind of like an onion. We get that a lot. Um, I don't know how. Uh, I didn't think that, but yeah, now now it's an onion in yeah, my head. Yeah, it does look like an onion. And interestingly, um, when we first started designing this, it we got feedback that it kind of looked like a nipple. I, I mean, I don't oh, know how. I didn't think that either. I don't but wanna, you know, now I don't you have two two visuals in my head here. 
Yeah, I know. Um, but it, trust me, it looked way more like a nipple or a boob um, back when we first started. And we thought, no, 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 you know, we can't. We can't release it like this. We're going to get so many comments and get made fun of on this. So we kind of made the top look a little bit more like an onion. Um, so now I, I don't think people think that when they look at it. Um, it it's just very sleek looking, like you said. Um, the white plastic, it's kind of hard to see from pictures. But, you know, when you compare side by side to the other sleep trainers out there that are also white, um, those are like the cheap plastic white where, um, you know, the plastic that they use is very almost transparent and the LED kind of shine through and doesn't look, look very good, but ours is a much better quality one. Um, and it's kind of something that you have to see to know. Um, but other than that, originally we wanted to make it all white because, you know, my husband and I were very minimalistic people. But we thought, you know, it's still a kid product. Um, let's just put a splash of color there. So the feet have different colors. We offer it in blue, pink, and obviously for Kickstarter, we're doing a limited edition um, where we just, we're just going to sell out of our initial order quantity and we're not going to sell that shade anymore. And we're currently reaching for purple as well because that's a pretty popular color for people. So what's some of the like the tech behind this? Because this isn't just, it seems like this does quite a bit of stuff here in terms of sort of training or, or getting, um, you know, getting a little person kind of in, into, into a better routine. Yeah. So, I mean, a clock is not usually that difficult to, to program, you know, or it's not a smart clock. So, you know, the, the tech behind it is still pretty basic. But in terms of, you know, the UI, we spent a really long time trying to figure out what the pain points were for other sleep trainers um, and try to improve on that. Um, you know, for example, a, sleep, a really popular sleep trainer out there has something like 20 buttons that a parent needs to, to use to program. And we thought, you know, we have just as many features or fewer, uh, more features, uh, sorry, uh, and, and we only have nine buttons, so we kind of tried to work really hard on, on making it really easy to program, um, and in terms of the functionality, um, there are LED uh, lights in there that glow like six different colors um, for the sleep trainer as well in the nightlight. Yeah, this this product. One of the reasons I reached out is uh, we went through this last year. Um, my kids don't sleep, so I have that amazing uh, six and a four year old that that refuse or or they love to be up about four thirty. So this video just it was like literally you spoke <laughs> right to me because I was like, well, that was this morning. So uh, yeah, and uh, so last year we did the um, we, you know we told all the grandparents and we ended up I think both kids each got like four clocks total, you know, it, like to. to combat the battle and none of it works we're still like you know the 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 star wars toy one doesn't you know it's like that was cool for a second and the traditional just cheap cvs alarm clock doesn't do it and it really is a challenge to get them to like comprehend it's seven o'clock you know it's it's seven o'clock on a saturday go to bed <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of clocks they use they use color um, to do to do that, um, which we do, of course. That is basically what a sleep trainer is using using colors. Um, but we also have facial expressions as well, which um, a lot of the other ones don't have. So maybe that that can help. I think so. I, I I do. I think that there's a there's a connectedness to it. It's almost like. Um, Oh, my son wants this robot thing that's whatever, 200 bucks or something. He wants it for this Christmas. And it's just because he wants to like, you know, play with it, train it to do stuff. And I feel like there's almost a little bit of that tone from what it looks like from the video and and like from the photos that there's a little bit of that vibe to it. There is. We've had beta testers call it like my little robot, you know, they want to, yeah, so... We, we kind of want to make it kind of like a sleep buddy companion. Sure. I could totally, I could totally see that um, just from, from, the, from the Kickstarter and stuff. So, you know, so walk me back a little bit. So how long have you, have you been working on this project? 
Yeah, so a little background about myself. I used to be a lawyer, actually, um, and I'm not a parent either, so kind of a weird thing for me to get into. But like I said, I'm, I'm pretty close to my family, and I have nieces who are at that age or used to be at that age um, uh, who needed sleep trainers. Uh, about two year, a year and a half ago, I quit my job to work on this full time. I will say that was probably a little early, but um, it was hard for me to work you know, a corporate job and sure. come home and do this at night. So I thought, well, you know, yeah, I'm lucky enough to be able to kind of dive in full, like head first uh, and just kind of commit myself to doing it. So I've been working on this practically full time for um, about a year and a half now. So, you know, but outside of that, while you're being a lawyer, I mean, wh- where's the, the cocktail sketch uh, napkin, uh, the idea like, you know, like, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to solve this problem. I mean, is that just from hearing people complain? I mean, me particularly, I should have came up with this idea. I, I, I'm dealing with it, you know. <laughs> so where is it for you? Yeah. So like I said, I, I am pretty close with my family and uh, for the, we were home for the holidays actually um, and playing with the kids and it was that like a holiday dinner, I think. And we were all sitting around the table and uh, actually um, my brother-in-law and sister own a kid's headphone company that I actually help them with as well. Um, it's called Little Gadgets. I'm sorry, little pitch there, but, yeah, yeah, no, um, but that is kind of where the expertise lies behind our product development as well, that I have these people to help me. Um, basically, we were kind of, we were talking about how, you know, long term I wanted to do my own business, but just didn't have a product idea. And uh, and since they were already doing kids' headphones, you know, we kind of thought, well, you know, kids is a really good space. There's always new kids coming onto the market, right? New parents, um, it's kind of, it's never going to get saturated. And we kind of started thinking, well, what kind of products out there are just really bad and could be improved? And, and that was when my brother-in-law was like, well, I have this really crappy sleep trainer. Um, you know, all of them are just horrible. Um, and it kind of just went from there. That's cool. So, uh, so for you, though, it's, I mean, it, it must be a great resource to have people who understand this, but it just seems like a huge step for somebody to just get into manufacturing a product, you know? Um, yeah, so, that's true, for sure. Like, um, you know, I think it's farther than just a Google search. So, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, I will say What happened? How did you do that? Yeah, I will say that, um, like I said, uh, since my brother-in-law and my and my sister already owned a, um, a company doing, um, you know, kid products, um, obviously we had that already, um, but in terms of the product design, yeah, like I had to hire a product designer for that. Um, and then for manufacturing, we already had connections there simply because, you know, we because of, of them, I guess. And then uh, in terms of logistics, um, we also had that covered as well because fortunately for me, my family is actually in the freight forwarding business. Oh, nice. That helps <laughs> so too. So it all kind of all lined up for me. Um, it, you know, I, I will say that I got very lucky or, or sure. it just seemed pretty natural despite the fact that I had personally had no expertise. I knew that I had a big enough support network to kind of help me through any um, challenges that we might face. So over the over the last uh, couple of years here that you've been working on it, what's been the has there been a big roadblock or anything that you just couldn't do or you know had to scrap an idea? Was there any sort of moment that you were just like I, I I don't think I should go further at all? Um, I don't think there was any moment where I I felt like oh I should just stop now. Um, just because. I had already quit my job, and that was already kind of the biggest hurdle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, well, the alternative is me going back to being a lawyer, and that 
on so many levels that didn't appeal to me um, to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that it, would, it had been more challenging than I thought that it would be, despite the fact that I had a lot of support, just because, you know, a children's clock is, is a very specific product, mm -hmm. you know? If I knew somebody who owned a clock company, that would be obviously the most helpful. Um, so not ever having designed a clock or, you know, programmed a clock or designed a UI for a clock. I mean, all of that was new right. to me. Um, so that was definitely challenging. Well, how about, uh, so here'll be, here'll be my follow-up question on that is, uh, is there a moment though that you maybe stood back and said, yeah, I really actually have something like I, you know, keep going down this path. This, this is, there's something really here. Yeah. I mean, uh, everybody that I spoke to, I spoke to a lot of parents throughout the development of the clock who said, oh, I need this, I need this. And then actually a couple months before we started the Kickstarter, we originally were just going to throw it up on Amazon and just do it the traditional way of just launching it on a website. Um, but then we thought, well, maybe, you know, um, you know, Kickstarter would obviously help us a lot with cash flow given, you know, the development cost that we put into it ourselves personally. Um, and also it would be a great way to test the water to see if people really want this product, even though at this point, you know, we were already going full steam ahead anyway. And the, the reception was overwhelmingly good. Um, I got tons of email, tons of email leads, um, everything was converting well. Um, and I got a lot of uh, like feedback from people who said, yeah, I've been holding out on getting a sleep trainer because the one that I, the one that I have is horrible or, you know, they're also ugly and I hate the design. So, um, I think they're definitely the market for people who want beautiful looking kid products. Sure. Sure. That's cool. That's cool. So, you know, so for, I guess for like just the entrepreneurs out there, I mean, you, you know, you, you kind of glanced over it, but that's a huge step to go from, uh, you know, quitting your job and jumping into this. Was there any sort of metric or, you know, is there any advice you have on how to take that sort of step? Um, and how did you know it was the right thing to do? Was there anything that, you know, kind of guided you to, to make you do that? Okay. Yeah. So, um, in terms of any advice, the, I guess it, there's just really no good time to do it. There's never really a great time to do it. You can always find a better time to do it. Obviously, more saving, the better. Um, you know, calculating that, you know, financially, whether it makes sense for you to even do so. But in terms of the mental roadblock to actually getting there, um, you know, I obsessed over it for months and months. And I know that there are people out there who obsess for it over, for years or, and people who never even get there. And my thinking was, you know, kind of, discussing it with my family and my friends at the end of the day it was like well if I don't quit and don't start my own thing um, in five years or ten years where am I going to be and will I be happy with that and you know for me personally uh, you know I was a lawyer and the only way the only future I had for myself was either trying to make partner or or you know going in house somewhere or something and neither of those were anything that I wanted to do um, so ultimately it would just, you know, the longer you wait, the harder it, it becomes to do it. Um, so I think a lot of people would be like, wow, she got out really quickly. Um, she, I only, I was only a lawyer for like one and a half years, baby lawyer and practically not even really a lawyer. Um, but you know, I think that was something that I did that I don't regret at all. I thought I might regret it a little bit, but, um, once you free yourself of that, um, you, you kind of just don't look back. So. Yeah. Was it something that when you maybe 
Like when you got into the actual like day to day of being a lawyer that it just didn't connect. You're just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to read memos and I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah, actually, you know, like being an actual lawyer, like the, the um, I, I was a corporate lawyer, so I, I didn't read as many memos, but I worked on a lot of deals. Um, and, and the nature of being a corporate lawyer is very unpredictable. And for me, that was the biggest hang up that I had. It wasn't actually the work at all. The work was very interesting to me. Um, I really liked my clients and, and the deal that I worked on, but it was just knowing that, you know, in five, 10 years, it would continue to, um, be unpredictable. Um, uh, and the fact that, you know, I am a family-oriented person, I want to, you know, have a very good work-life balance. Um, and, I, and I'm and speaking to everyone else out there that I knew, coming from a family of entrepreneurs as well, um, the, the best way to do that for me personally would be to just be my own boss. Yep. So, and, and so that's why it's not really a knock on the law at all at the end sure, of the day. It's sure. more oh, just yeah. I just need to pursue my own dream, I guess. Right, right. So, right. so, you know, do you have any sort of advice for, for people, um, you know, running a crowdfunding campaign takes a lot of time, putting out a product takes a lot of time. How do you personally sort of stay organized and, you know, stay up with, you know, responding to comments, social media? I'm sure you've got other people that you're working with on some stuff. How do you kind of keep track of, of sort of the day-to-day stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the key to everything is preparation. Um, you know, if uh, you just got to read up on everything about launching a Kickstarter before you actually do it. Um, and I started doing that about a month and a half ago. And even at that point, I thought that I was too late. You know, I just kept reading more and more and thinking, oh my gosh, like there's so much more that I need to do. And I think kind of having that mentality of feeling like you're never prepared enough goes a long way. Um, having lower expectations um, uh, and thinking that, oh no, like my project's going to fail. That's not necessarily a bad mentality to have for me anyway. Um, it kind of pushes to learn more about it. I have a lot of spreadsheets. There are so many resources online. Um, for example, you know, Kickstarter budgeting and cost model. Um, you know, there's so many checklists. Uh, I basically yeah. read them all, you know, consumed them all and kind of came up with my own uh, outline of what I was going to do on a day-to-day basis. It started out being on a weekly basis and then, you know, as it got closer and closer to the launch, I had uh, a checklist of a thing that I was going to do on a daily basis as well. And I think that would really, that's really helpful. Yeah. So my follow-up to that would be, what do you do to just kind of unwind for a second? Maybe, you know, take a break from, from the, the uh, busyness of, of the campaign and stuff like that. What do you, what do you do for, mm. for a little bit of fun when you have, when you get a, when you get a moment? Yeah. I mean, I like to go out and uh, eat, um, see the world a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh but, you know, honestly, I've been pretty consumed by this campaign day and night. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'll definitely, you know, try and cook a little bit or, or walk around outside or take a drive, um, watch some TV. It's kind of hard, Basically. though, to turn off. Right, right. Yeah, but, yeah. That's cool. Well, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter campaign, which is why we're talking. So, I mean, right now you're, let me just pull it up here again. So you're at you know, you still got 22 days to go and you've already hit your goal. You've surpassed it almost, almost, you know, you're at 31,000 on a $20,000 goal, but you have a ton of backers. I mean, 558 backers. That's a lot of people jumping on board. So that, that's awesome. Awesome numbers so far. Um, so, you know, you mentioned a little bit, you know, what was the ultimate decision though, to go to Kickstarter instead of just going to Amazon? Was there, was there one deciding factor or was it just, you know, Hey, this is a good idea to, to help with cash flow and, and proving viability in the marketplace. 
Yeah, I think you hit it on, on the head there. Um, it was primarily to uh, market the product as well as to get uh, feedback on the product as well. Um, by the time we launched Kickstarter, we, uh, we were already pretty close to production. We are pretty close, close to production, but, you know, uh, even... Even being so close to production, we've still gotten feedback from from uh, backers about you know what they'd like to see, and you know we're trying to implement some of them where we can um, in t in time for that. So that's been really invaluable as well, um, and just you know building a presence for us out there um, so that when people see us on Amazon, you know with zero reviews, you know given how hard it is to launch on Amazon now, maybe they'll they'll just search Mela on Google and and come up with all these, you know. Uh, links and, and that will be helpful as well. Of course, yeah. Was there a, a strategy that you you put together previous, like prior to launching, to make sure that you had success in the early early window? Yes. So before I learned about Kickstarter or really delved into the Kickstarter, I thought I could just throw my product up there, up there, and I'm sure a lot of people think that, and, and yes. people will come. But you know, that just—I'm sure you hear this all the time. I do about I do about thirty stories, consulting calls a week, where that's literally <laughs> the first thing. Well, I, just, I don't know where I thought a crowd was just going to magically show up. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and you know, I was definitely part of that group as well. And then, and I think that's the first thing that really freaked me out about it when I only had a month and a half to go before I wanted to launch the campaign when I thought, oh my gosh, that's not enough time for me to build up a community or an email list. Um, but I will say that that has 100% been the most important thing that I did um, prior to launching um, was uh, getting emails and doing a drip campaign um, on that. And what did you, did, is there any particular thing that you might have utilized or, or or did, or is it just language or landing pages? Was there something that really worked? Yeah. So we used Kickoff Labs um, for our landing page. Um, and with our landing page, we basically uh, implemented a referral program as well as a contest. Um, looking back, I don't think I would have done the contest, uh, would do the contest, I mean, going forward, just because, you know, um, I don't think they convert as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think my conversion rate on my email list is a little lower because, we implemented a contest, but, you know, I'm totally uh, for building a beautiful, simple landing page with a referral program sure. tacked on the back. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and then did you run any sort of like pay-per-click traffic to that or anything along those lines? Yeah, we ran Facebook ads on there. Um, uh, we kind of had a set budget and then said, you know, from there we'll just run those ads and then, and then hope that the referral program boosts that um, and lowers our cost, which it did. Um, and in addition to that, I, I would semi-active on forums, like parenting forums and Reddit as well to see if that would, and, and also mommy groups um, on Facebook are really active. Sure. Um, I didn't know that existed because, like I said, I'm not a mom, right. but but, um, but they're everywhere, yeah. um, and they, they definitely convert. So, uh, did, yeah, I think with, correct me if I'm wrong, if you, if maybe you and your, um, your, uh, is it your sister? Who who has the company? Is it your brother or sister? Who, your my sister and my brother in law. Sister brother in law have the company. the company. They started the company. Yep, and I work with them right. on that. Mm -hmm. So I think though with kid products, I think once you see something that's a good idea, they can share very quickly. You know, like you know, if if like this product worked for my kids, I mean, literally standing outside picking up my kid today from school, I'll be like, hey, parents, you got to see this thing. <laughs> you know, because we're yeah. all dealing with the same issues. I think that uh, the word of mouth can go very quickly with a good kid product. 
Um, yes, I completely agree with that. Um, and, and even even though we don't have as much validation with that for this product, since you know we're not on the market yet, I can say that for um, the kids headphone product uh, he- headphone company that that. Um, I work on that's definitely true sure yeah i can i can totally see it is, is there been anything that's been that, that has stuck out as kind of weird in your dashboard you know something that's like wow that's you know we're huge in new zealand that's weird you know anything weird hmm. anything weird on my dashboard i'm looking at my dashboard right now yeah, anything stick out uh, that you're like i wasn't expecting that lithuania loves I, us Yes, I mean, okay, I, I see what you're asking. Yes, I do have um, my Google Analytics up, and I find it very strange how many international uh, people view our product just because, um, unfortunately for me, um, because the product is so discounted already, we can't subsidize the international shipping costs as, uh, as highly as other people are used to on Kickstarter, especially with games and other things like that. You know, I'm always shocked that they're able to get such low shipping prices, but we're unfortunately not able to do that. So I, I kind of thought, okay, well, we don't have to worry about shipping to international backers, but weirdly we do have quite a few international backers, um, and, and, and people viewing our product. So that's kind of interesting. Well, I, I wonder if that comes down to, uh, like when I look at the design of this, this feels like the minimalistic and that European. I don't know if it has a little bit of that vibe. It's not the Scandinavian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweden, I, Denmark. I, yeah, I, you know, it has that yeah, sort of well, vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely what we were going for. And when we visualize, you know, where this, where what kind of room this goes in, we do visualize that kind of room. Yeah. So that was definitely our inspiration in designing the product. I can see that. I can, I can see it. So this may be a silly question because obviously you've, you're successful, successfully funded right now, but is there anything that you would have done differently if you could go back in time? I would have actually, um, even though we are, I mean, I feel like, you know, I remember when I first started the campaign, I said, I'm going to be happy with 30K. Um, and I, I said that to my husband and he still holds me, holds me to it every day because, you know, I'm always constantly thinking, oh, how can I get more pledges? And he said, well, you should just relax a little. You already hit whatever goal you want. And I'm like, well, why can't I get higher, you know? Um, and I definitely think that if we had reached out to press earlier, um, that would have been helpful. Um, I was so focused on, on getting this, my email list up because, you know, and obviously that's important too. Um, but I think that I could have also prioritized reaching out to media outlets earlier on um, and getting more coverage in the beginning um, because I feel that, you know, the first few days of the campaign are when the momentum um, is most important. And once you kind of lose the momentum, you know, we're kind of in the mid, mid-campaign plateau right now, um, which, you know, is to be expected and, you know, that's fine. But I think that I could have, you know, done a little bit more in the beginning to to get some more pledges in. Cool. That's cool. So, where do you see uh, Little Hippo and your and your company being in the next five years? I mean, we are actually uh, working on a few other products um, right now. One of them is to be launched around the same time as Mela, but we decided not to do Kickstarter for that just because um, it's not really as much of a Kickstarter product. Um, but we have that one in the pipeline. They'll be released in retail or on e-commerce. Can, can we dive into that a, l- a little bit quicker? Like, like, without getting into details, I'm sure you don't want to launch it here or discuss it here that much. But like, in your mind, what makes a Kickstarter product? Is there is there something in your mind that makes it, it good for Kickstarter? Yeah, there is. Um, I think right now, especially with kid product, the smarter the product, the better. You know, I'm of the mentality that I don't necessarily think smart products are needed for everything. Right. Um, we don't need a smart product for every little thing in your life. Um, but I can definitely see why people 
want that for a sleep trainer. But for us, our thinking was we wanted to find something mid-market that could compete with the other non-smart product out there. Um, and, you know, maybe in the future we'll build a, uh, uh, an alternative uh, product and maybe that will do even better on Kickstarter. But we always knew that it was going to be a, a challenge to get Mela um, to be funded on Kickstarter. Not funded, but to get a lot of backers. And I know that we do have a good number of backers now. Um, but I do think that having something unique or differentiated um, is important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to fund. It's a blanket. It's a blanket. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it needs to be more. I need, yeah, you know, exactly. What else yeah. does it do? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. You, yeah. It's a blanket yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, let's go back. Let's, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. So yeah, five years. So you've got, you've got a couple other products kind of in, yeah, in your yeah, mind. Yeah, a couple I mean, of other products. They're all kind of similar in the look and feel, you know, kind of like if you line them up together, it'll look like kind of like a family, you know, oh, nice. and that's the kind of um, product, uh, the the brand that we want to have. And I'm not really big on, on like differentiating on brand. I think that's actually really hard to do um, as a small business. What brand do you really have? I don't really believe in that. Um but uh, hopefully people will, will at least, if not come back for our brand, come back for at least the different aesthetic that our product brings compared to other. Sure. Do you, do you see yourself getting into like uh, big box retail at all or pushing towards something like that? Um, we're definitely focusing on e-commerce right now. Um, Amazon's a huge market. Um, and, you know, we could probably just stick to Amazon if we wanted um, for a long time. But, yeah, ultimately, I think the goal is always to get into retail. Um, you know, if you can supplement e-com with retail, you know, without giving yourself huge headaches and losing all your margin, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer to do so. Right. Um, so. Yeah, and, and how about, like, for yourself? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Is this something that... This is the this is the company I'm working on, or are you envisioning starting other stuff, or you know wh- what other kind of dreams are floating around in your head? Um, I mean, I'm I'm focused 100% on this company right now and trying to grow it to as big as I can be with um, a, a real product line. You know, right now I'm I'm kind of like, well, we have one product that's not a business. You know, that's a product. Um, I, I do want to grow this into a business. I think that it could definitely be sustainable and that the market is big enough um, for us to be a player there. Um, I'm uh, hoping that you know I don't need to move on to something else. <laughs> right. uh, but in five years, I do do see myself. You know, when I picture my life, I I picture myself having a very good work life balance. You know, having a family and working from home. You know, all of that and you know, the American dream. Yeah, the American dream of working from home. I'm actually I've been working from home now for the last was it five years, and I I need to get back to an office because what I have found is. You know, it's very challenging to send emails with kids running around behind you. <laughs> the, the constant <laughs> Actually, distraction. It's funny. You know? Yeah, it's funny because my brother-in-law and my sister, um, they currently work for, out of their home. Um, and they have kids running around, of course. And they're constantly, you know, harping on me to, you know, hurry up and get this thing off the ground so that we can rent out office space. Yeah. You know, I think they, they want to go into an office as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's because um, I, I basically have, have been telling people that I probably only have about an hour of real work that I actually do. <laughs> it's just that I spread it out over eight hours because I get yeah. distracted 400 times in that. And it's yep. so really yep. I sent like three emails, but 
you know, it took me <laughs> 10, 20 minutes to write each one of them. I'm like, what, what, you know? So yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, office space. Uh, maybe, maybe soon for me, but, uh, well, where can people kind of dive into your world and learn more about Mello, uh, Mella and uh, little hippo? Where can people find out more? Well, right now, our primary page is the Kickstarter page that has uh, a lot of information. I think that we've presented probably a, a, a way more information than is necessary for a product that's, like I said, not smart, right. and it's $39. I feel like we have an overwhelming amount of information. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but yeah, the Kickstarter page is the best place to find that. Uh, our landing page at littlehippo.com is currently just basically a redirect. Um, you just click on a button, so there's no information there. But as soon as our campaign is over, we will be obviously having more information on our website. Um, we're still wondering whether we should, you know, go on like Indiegogo in demand or something like that, but we haven't made any decisions on it yet. Yeah, I, I can give you a, some, a little bit of on-air uh, advice in that. That feels like it's turned a turned a touch into the graveyard scenario for successful campaigns. It's just, we don't, you know, sometimes we see them pop, but very rarely, it just feels like a lot of them that go over there, just like the momentum's gone. It's just like, Oh yeah, I can buy it over there. It's like, it's almost better to just put it on your own website. You know, you know, I, 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 we see more from like a company or more traction from something like backer kit where you can maybe offer add on, you know, like, cause so like, Mm -hmm. as I'm like putting in my info, I'm like, you know what? I will take the t-shirt to go with it or whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely in contact with backer kit as well. Um, I, I reached out to them before the campaign started. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you're just trying to find that sort of like end momentum in exactly. quotations, I think that's a bit of a, what we've seen is a bit of a better strategy than, than the Indiegogo. I don't know. There's something happens over there where it's just like, uh. Well, thanks for the advice. Yeah, I don't know. It's what we've seen. I'm just telling you what, we, what, you know, I have a lot of conversations in this world. So uh, it's kind of, kind of the feedback around here. So, well, cool. Well, I, well, I appreciate like so much. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to step away from the campaign and, and talk to me and my listeners about, you know, uh, your project, what you're working on. I, it, I mean, you spoke to me. That's why I reached out. I was like, that's my life problem right now. Uh, so I think I'm going to have to go uh, send this over to the wife right now. Who's walking behind me here uh, and tell her that we have to maybe become a backer today. Cause I would like to sleep. Uh, a little bit longer. So uh, maybe this, this yeah, will be we a solution. Can help you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have the solution. So problem, solution, you're the expert. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Uh, Stephanie, I appreciate it. Thanks so much again for your time. No, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Well, how about that conversation? Yes, Stephanie, she's a nice, quiet talker. Uh, but a lot of great info. And I'll tell you, this conversation, one of the things that that really struck into me is the importance of the project creator learning the art, sort of the Kickstarter art form. I put those in parentheses. I don't know what else to call it right now. But really having an understanding of the nuances, Googling, reading up on everything. There's so much free information that you as a project creator, it's your job to kind of go out and and learn about all this stuff. And and Stephanie does a great job of talking about it. So the song we listen to is a song called Gray Sea. I wrote this one about bad stuff going on in my life a long time ago. Women. It's all about women and the problems that they bring. And uh, all right, guys, that's enough. That's enough, right? So check out the song. Uh, I don't even know what this was on. I don't know if this was ever actually really officially out there, but hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll talk to you all next week. Cause my heart to suffocate
sunshine.